Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Over, the show that discusses all of the masterpieces and trash to pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And Nasty November continues. Week two of Week Nasty two. November. Yeah. And uh, we are still diving into the section three category of things. And section three, a little more tame, would you say? But then it's hard to say because there's a lot of tame films in section one. It's all a lot of bullshit, really. Um, but gives us a theme to talk about, so I can play. It opens the conversation up a little more. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and a first for Nasty November, for this week's special guest, but by no means a first on this podcast, because he's actually the star of our second most popular episode of all time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this week, we have a good friend of ours returning, and we're always happy to discuss Trash to Pieces with him. He's the man responsible for my love of trash to pieces. He's an artist and he's the guitarist for Video X. It's Xander. He's back. Hello. Hello. Hi. Uh, Nasty November, when we started having guests for this, um, I, I always knew we, we eventually need to have you back on here for this because there are a lot of trash to pieces within Video Nasty's era. I was, to be honest, like, you, I mean, you gave me the list, and I was like, I'm going to go through these all. I was going by the list. I was looking at the trailers, and I just I came across this one, and I thought, oh, my God, you know, this is 100% a film I would have watched with Gaz. So, I mean, it's yeah. like, I had to do it. <laughs> do you have a favourite video, Nasty? I don't. I don't have a favourite video, Nasty. Um, I suppose the one that I'm... Um, I suppose I'm is a is a classic, and I've always like it's Cannibal Holocaust because yeah. I've always been like a big found footage kind of fan, um, and that was one of like the first. So um, yeah, I think I've got a soft spot for that. You know, as much as you can do with like small animals being named in films. You know, I've got a soft yeah. spot for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, and Cannibal Holocaust by all means, uh, you know, Animal Violence Society is a great film, and there's a lot of great films on uh, the Video Nasty list, but today. Uh, we're not talking about one of those. We're talking about Dawn of the Mummy from 1981. Yeah. Uh, you sent, you obviously, you watched the trailer, you told me to watch the trailer, and immediately I was sold. Yeah. I mean, the, the idea of mummies versus models, mm. I mean, why not? It's it perfect for this podcast. <laughs> I must say I wasn't surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you know what? My initial thought was, oh my God, you know, oh, we've got to do this. And my second thought was, oh God damn, Chris is going to fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Chris, you, you had fun. It <laughs> happened. Um, yeah. Was, was it an experience? <laughs> it, it was an experience. I, I did, I... I I have to say, I was verging on being entertained. And I thought, oh, Sanders done really well here. And then by the end of the film, I was like, no, it's on brand. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I was fairly entertained throughout. Um, yeah, no, I tried to keep it consistent with these films. So if I'm like <laughs> suggesting something, it's kind of like, I just hope they're having a drink while watching it. <laughs> just to get them through it all. Honestly, we don't drink anymore, so this is entirely sober. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> All of our trash to pieces are sober now, so it's it's okay. okay. We, we know what we're letting ourselves in for. 
Okay, well, well, I still apologise for Dawn of the Money. <laughs> but this would be a perfect um, film with drinking game. Like, every time you can't see something, take a drink and yeah. fucking hammer. I didn't know if it was just my failing eyes, so I'm really glad that you said Oh, that. no, yeah, the... the... The cinematography is really weird because the cinematography has some really nice moments, but then it has moments where you just can't see a thing. <laughs> well, I was reading for the Wikipedia just to try and work out what was going on. And I was like, did that happen? I, I, I was like, how are they seeing They turned their brightness like up 500%. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you know what podcast you're on. We've got to analyse it scene for scene soon. So let's get to that. Um, first, it's written and directed by... Uh, Frank Agrama, who directed Queen Kong, which we are desperate to see because we actually saw the star of Queen Kong on the tram in Manchester, didn't we? We certainly did. Yeah, yeah. Rula Lenska. She was uh, just on the tram and I was like, oh my God, it's, it's the star of Queen Kong. You should have said hi. That would have absolutely made their day. Yeah. <laughs> <Star> <laughs> you said hi. Kong. Uh, unfortunately not. I was too starstruck. I mean, most people know her for Coronation Street. And no, no, no. Let's, let's be clear. <laughs> Everyone knows Rula Lenska for her moment with George Galloway on Big Brother, where he <laughs> pretended to be a cat. And she... <laughs> Would you like me to be the cat? And she <laughs> pretended to feed him some milk from her hands. And it's strange. <laughs> Weird. And I somehow more entertaining than Dawn now. of the Mummy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she was there by the Trafford Centre with a Starbucks on the on the tram. And be that there's two queers in the corner just being like, oh my God, it's Queen Kong. It's star- <laughs> Do you know what? If she knew that, I bet she'd absolutely like live. I've been so happy with that. Yeah. If we see her again, then hopefully we'll have a copy of Queen Kong with us ready for her to sign. Get, get, get something signed for me. <laughs> Uh, he's also directed Love Game, Al Karun, uh, Storm Over Petra, Gang of Women, Game of Choice, Fire of Love, and more. Um, prolific, clearly. Yeah, and uh, he's actually an, an Egyptian director yeah. as well, which I um, which I think is pretty cool, really, um, because the film, in many ways, is actually quite respectful to Egyptian culture. That surprised me. Yeah. Sometimes you don't get with mummy stories. Yeah. Yeah. Um I still feel it, it kept it respectful to the culture in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um and was actually shot in Egypt. And had no white people playing Egyptians. Yes, yeah, yeah. Miracle. Nice. I thought it was Italian. I don't know why. I oh my god, yes. It's an Italian production team. Uh, but he, an Egyptian writer director, so that's how they happened to be able to film in Egypt. I'm assuming yeah. because of the director. So it's also a gigantic zombie flesh eaters rip off. Oh, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Uh, it's co-written by Daria Price, who wrote Take Off and The Nesting, and Ronald Dobrin, who was his only other piece of work other than this. Was Queen Kong. I'm sorry? Queen what? Yeah. Queen Kong. Yeah, the Rudolenska film. <laughs> oh, Queen Kong. Sorry. I completely misheard you on that. <laughs> what did you think I said? I honestly thought you said Queen Cock. I was like, wait, wait, what? 
I mean, by all accounts, Queen Kong is a sex comedy, so it could go by either names, really. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> um, it's made, Dawn of the Mummy is made on a budget of $500,000, and I can't tell you how much it made, because that information's not available anywhere. But we didn't get Dawn of the Mummy 2, so I'm assuming it wasn't... <laughs> it wasn't a great... Well, it got banned. No. Huge. It did get banned, that's true. It but this was... In America. Um, so, yeah, so I don't think it got banned in America, but Section 3 were the ones that you could... You can't get prosecuted for owning them, but you can still have them removed from you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot, Tories. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's also went by the title Zombie Six: The Mirage. What? Why Zombie Six? That was many years later. Yeah. Um, so it was trying to be zombie fleshy as well, selling itself as one of its many uh, unofficial sequels. Yeah. Oh my god! No. For a random DVD release, yeah. Zombie Six. But <laughs> that happened so so much, didn't it? Yeah. Considering this was this was made before Zombie Two, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, or Zombie 3, whatever it's known as. Zombie Flesh Eaters I, I lose 2, which would be That's Zombie please. 3. But also Zombie Flesh Eaters was pretending to be a sequel to... Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead, which was called Zombie in Italy. And, ooh, let's call the whole thing off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 which is the one which has that really iconic... Um poster the one with like it's kind of like it's a, obviously a zombie but he's like missing an eye and there's like worms hanging out of his face and is it zombie with an eye I, which one is yeah that? so that's zombie flesh eaters also known as zombie with an eye zombie with an e and a thousand other names like every italian horror film <laughs> no zombie with an eye is dawn of the dead oh is it okay because yeah. i've seen some where zombie flesh eaters has been marketed as that as well yeah probably yeah yeah it gets a little confusing yeah um, anything to get a little bit of money out of people. <laughs> Shall we talk about who's in this? Because uh, uh, as surprising as it is, there there are some people that are well known. <laughs> and we'll discuss them in a section we like to call Hey, I Know You. Um, so off the bat, does anyone recognise anyone? No. <laughs> no. I, uh, no. I recognise absolutely nobody. Am I meant to? Well, let's start with uh, Brenda Simer Scheider, who plays Lisa. She was in Remington Steel, Oza, Rocky 2. No. <laughs> Sequest DSV, Take This Job and Shove It. And also the director of In My Hands, A Story of Marfan Syndrome. I, I, okay. I, I remember a um, deep sea uh, DSV, was it? A, oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Sequest, yeah. yeah. So she, she actually went on to marry Roy Scheider. Oh, so she was only okay. Brenda Seymour in this film, but she went on to marry Roy Scheider in 1989, and they were married in, until his death. Um, so then she became Brenda Seymour Scheider. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, when did you find that information? <laughs> um, I, I, I know more people. <laughs> yeah, it's just... I was just <laughs> the Scheider confused me, so I, I yeah. did a little research, and yeah, she was married to the guy from Jaws. There we go. Oh, shit, small world. Um, Barry Sattels plays Bill. Uh, he was in Remington Steel, Ooh. Airwolf, Hotel, Choke, Body of Night, Last Stop, Inside Out 3, not that Inside Out, 
Bunzai Runner, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, Baywatch Knights, and more. So is anyone aware of what Baywatch Knights is? I do. I, I, I've got a soft spot because it's so fantastically shit that it's just, <laughs> it's just a work of art. It's <laughs> so is it the same sort of thing as Hollyoaks After Dark? So like yes. the more adult side of Baywatch? I thought yeah. it was kind of like if like Baywatch met the X-Files. <laughs> like that's, that's how I saw Baywatch Nights. It was oh, like, okay. I felt like it was kind of a, ca- a cash-in. Of um, the X Files at the time, at least that's what I got it from the few episodes that I saw, and I thought, like, "What is this?" Okay, I really need to see this. We need to watch Baywatch. <laughs> Baywatch looks like a camp old bit of fun. Oh, Baywatch is a classic. So it's not like Footballers' Wives Extra Time <laughs> <laughs> with aliens. With aliens, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that series needs to be made. Uh, George Peck plays Rick. And he's a star of Curse of the Puppet Master, Death Trap, Anywhere But Here, Agent on Ice, Manhattan Night, Celebrity Ghost Stories, Ooh. Phil Spector, Ooh. and more. Now, that's not Celebrity Ghost Stories, Phil Spector edition. <laughs> it's two separate things. <laughs> Isn't that the guy who killed his wife? Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to contact that ghost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, he killed um, the movie. Forgive me, I can't remember. Um, but she was she was an actress, and yeah, he shot her. I I feel Rick has also been in something else as well, um, featuring like a mystery machine and uh, like. Um, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> he is definitely going for Fred, and I honestly, his performance is is on another level, especially once we get to the third act. I mean, yeah, yeah completely. He was going for it. He he thought he was getting an Oscar. <laughs> Bless I, his heart. I thought he was also giving Popeye in a bad wig. <laughs> With a neckerchief. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Popeye had a neckerchief, didn't he? But he had his backwards. Oh, that's true. I was just more I was more astonished the fact he had, would wear these like white vests. And bear in mind he's in Egypt and he's going for a tomb and whatnot. You know, and they're immaculate. They're perfectly white. I just, I, I just got respect for that. Keep them. I think he was like washing them between each take. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, finally, um, we have Ahmed Ratib as Omar. He was in Al Irabi, Om Kulfam, Critical Moments, Detention Letter, Mo- Molana, Nawara, The Nightmare, I Need a Man, Three Quarters Decent, and more. Yeah, I think he was kind of a porn star. Prolific in... No, he wasn't, no. Quite no. prolific in Egyptian cinema. I was hoping I Need a Man was a, a porn film. No, no. A porn actor as well. <laughs> Ellen Faison was a porn actress. <laughs> yes, so she played June. Oh, okay. So she was really? in Bloodsucking Freaks, Who Killed Mary What's-Her-Name, New York Nights, End of the road, and then she seems to have been in some adult movies as well. So, uh, Visions, Love in Strange Places, Forest Call, uh, The New York City Woman, and uh, Sweet Sweet Freedom. So, a lot of them were 
directed by Roberta Finley, so who was quite well known for being a female sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Porn director. Porn director, but um, oh, exploitation director, B movies. Uh, so she directed The Oracle and and such. And that was June. That was yeah. June. That was June. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's cool. I wonder what the strange places were where she found love. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I find a lot of these. Um, the ear. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was thinking like ran back at McDonald's or. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Then. <laughs> you never know where you're going to find love. <laughs> I mean, yeah. okay. Would you like me to read the uh, synopsis for Love in Strange Places? Yeah, should we talk about that oh, film? <laughs> yeah. So, medical insurance not necessary for admission. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's skull fucking. I knew it. <laughs> I've never read this before, so forgive me if anything of this is disgraceful. Uh, when Nurse Blue gets a job at the hospital for the sexually insane, she knows she'll have her work cut out for her. <laughs> After all, a ward full of orgasm addicts is enough to keep anyone's hands full. When she arrives at the hospital, the situation is crazier than she expected. The two directors of the hospital, Dr. Hook, played by John Holmes, <laughs> and Dr. Fraud, practice a rather unusual form of therapy, wherein sex is the key for recovery. <laughs> Nurse Blue discovers that the hospital is filled with hysterical patients who believe they're doctors and nurses. Why are we not discussing that? Um, sex addicts in sex apparently Dr. Hook and Dr. Fraud definitely a post um, deep throat (laughs) film are we uh, assuming then is is June in this film is she Nurse Blue no she's not No, no. she she played a character called Cleopatra in that film well, I feel like I'm learning so much. <laughs> Can we do this film? That, that <laughs> <laughs> they should have done a crossover. Like the mummy ends up in that hospital. <laughs> She's like, you look really familiar. <laughs> um, so now that's uh, out the way. Should we talk about our feature presentation? Yes. Dawn of the Mummy. Terror have these young Americans brought upon themselves. How will they escape the Pharaoh's deadly wrath? His armies rising from beneath the ageless sands to avenge their master's honor. nowhere to hide. They just keep coming. Armies of the living dead thirsting for blood. They are everywhere and their quest for vengeance knows no limits. So in 
ancient Egypt, during the fourth millennium BC, slave raiders abducted several villagers to be servants for the burial of Pharaoh Sepharama. And this is accompanied by some very over-the-top and badly dubbed gasps and uh, a rip-off of the Jaws theme song. I I personally like, because I was really confused, because they're like, oh, it's Sepharaman. Um, like I thought, oh, okay, this is like the mummy while he was alive. He's yeah. there, his moves, you know, bouncing softly in the wind, you know, on top of a horse, and just just go, casually goes around like abusing children and and grabbing people. I had no idea that this was anything to do with, you know, later on in in the movie whatsoever. I just I just thought it was just you know having a bit of a laugh, you know, that's that's just what he does. <laughs> <laughs> just his general uh, hobbies. Yeah, you know, for its mummification, he likes a bit of, you know, casual child abuse and, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a strange opening. Um, I think, yeah, the, the gasps were my highlight of it all. I mean, they, they were something else. The dubbing is dubious, should I say. Um, uh, in the grand tradition of Italian or Italian style horror films, the dubbing is suspicious. It's, yeah, it's yeah, it's a, it's a strange dub. And the, the Jaws theme song kind of hits differently now that we know about the about Lisa and who she is married to. Uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> that's true. Um, so they're ordered to stand around the pharaohs. Um, Sarcophagus, and uh, they're killed with a poison gas, and the entrance to his tomb is sealed. The high priestess who attended the burial proclaims that he who enters the tomb after it is sealed will die on the dawn of the mummy. Um, love the transition here because we see it close, we see a smoke come out of it, and then uh, thousands of years later, in the present day, the smoke's still coming out of it, and three men, Rick, Tariq, and Carib. Uh, detonate the tomb and uncover its entrance. Right. The the one thing that that really struck me was the guy who's being, I'm guessing, mummified. He's alive. He's taking it like a champ. He's got his heart cut out. He's just, you know, it's nothing. And then, I, you see, I didn't get that they were being gassed. All I knew is these like five people were standing around this guy who's just had his heart cut out. And then they just rest their heads on the tomb. <laughs> I just thought they were just like having a little stand-up nap. And this woman who she uses like she says something like, "Don't listen to what they say. He's not a cruel man. The way of Safra man is sacred." And he's been a knob. He's been nothing but a knob within the scene. <laughs> I've got respect for him for getting his heart ripped out and being like, "This is nothing. Come at me." But. <laughs> You know, he's, he's he's quite clearly a dick, and everyone's you know just going along with it. Yeah, and but, this is all set into motion because of him being a dick. Exactly, and the fact he's literally gone out and done this before his mummification. You know, he's just like running around the desert, you know, beating up women, grabbing them by the hair. You know, he's quite clearly a prick. Uh, this, yeah, this this, you're not going to paint this any other way. Yeah, and, and you know you're a grade-A prick when you're still a prick beyond the grave as well. You know, when you come back to life and you're still being a knob to everyone. Prick from beyond the grave. <laughs> and as far as the uh, the poison gas goes, I think the smoke machine budget was pretty low that day. <laughs> okay, that's what it was. I, I think, obviously, they had to make it a, a colourful smoke to make 
sure we knew that it was poisonous gas. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it just come off a little uh, stagey. Uh, Rick warns the other two to wait until the next morning as the air around the uncovered tomb is poisoned. The high priestess, uh, now an elderly woman with less teeth, screams and tells him that the tomb is cursed, but is scared off when Rick shoots his pistol in the air. Good old toxic masculinity. I think it's funny. She looks good for her age. <laughs> I mean, we're talking thousands of years. I mean, she looks like a bag of shit. But <laughs> considering she's thousands of years old, she looks all right. Yeah, oh, my God. She's got like a grey wig going on. And initially, <laughs> I, I wrote, because I didn't know who the hell she was. I didn't make the connection that she was the princess. And any, I think her name's like Xena. So I just wrote down Xena Warrior Princess and think of anything of it. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's the priestess. She's looking great, six thousand years old. But uh, is Rick American? Yes. Yeah. How yes. the hell they got that gone through customs? I know it was like, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, surely they're not that lenient. It's like, what's this? Oh, it's just a pistol. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> different times. Different yeah, times. Different, different times. times. Simpler. Times. <laughs> um, yeah, Rick is a fashion icon. No, he's not. <laughs> And it, and it gets better as the film goes on as well, his his outfits. Um, at this point, he's a little subdued, you know. He was actually a little forgettable at this point. But then as it goes on, he he wants to make sure this film is his film. <laughs> and and that is something we get to see in dramatic fashion soon enough. I think um, there's a... Um, I'm going to steal a quote from Chris, actually, when it comes to his clothes. I think choices were made is... is the... <laughs> Choices were made. We all made choices. It's all right. I stole that from Drag Race, so you're right. Um, Rick supply and demand. Rick tells them to guard the tomb for the night and drives away in his jeep. That evening, three local grave robbers arrive riding on camels and are greeted by the old woman, who tells them to close the tomb to prevent its curse. They ask her and uh, enter the tomb, but get infected by its poisonous gases. One of them dies whilst the other two escapes. And honestly, that is the opening scene. That entire hour-long worth <laughs> of footage, <laughs> or so it feels, uh, was the opening scene. I think so I... much of this feels like filler. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. Like, all of this could have happened in the space of, like, two or three minutes. <laughs> We dearly didn't need them to be like, well, I'm going to come back tomorrow and let this place air out. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You don't have to let it air out. <laughs> Give me my life back. I want, the, I want the last two minutes of my life back. You've wasted it. You don't need to let that tomb air out. It's fine. We're already suspending enough belief as it is. Fucking hell. It's the, what I liked it is when the people went in to sort of like, you know, obviously rob the place. Is that guy's guys, hmm, it smells like gold. <laughs> and it's just like, it, it burns. The guys are, <laughs> just, well, that's not scientifically accurate. Your face is melted off, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I also like with the uh, priestess, the, the old woman, uh, in the, the grand tradition of characters in films that are giving a true fact quite a far-fetched one <laughs> when she gives her warning she does it so sort of maniacally that no one believes her if she was a little calmer and she <laughs> if she sort of explained things a little better then maybe people would sit down and like oh she's got a good point actually yeah, yeah this, 
maybe we shouldn't go in. She's like, perhaps I shouldn't look like a stereotypical witch when I go yeah. and, <laughs> yeah. and cackle. People might be able to take me a little more seriously. If she's had her roots done, she's sort of <laughs> got a better wig. Had a better wig. <laughs> but her teeth, teeth sorted. Here. Yeah. <laughs> maybe people would believe her a little more. Obviously, <laughs> Ralph from uh, Friday the 13th. <laughs> if your delivery was a little better, people would believe you. Just <laughs> calm it down. And give people the facts. <laughs> they said she just showed up like, ah, you boys, we're uh, yeah, yeah. you're gonna be cursed if you carry on. Like, oh, hi guys, I'm a thousand years <laughs> old. I've been waiting all this time. I've got a valid point. I just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just explaining it badly. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but what I, I was... understand is, if this is the priestess, I'm assuming it's the princess and not just some other you know, random woman. Um, she's like, oh, no, don't go in there. But she's all about kind of bringing, bringing this one of uh, Safra mans, uh, Safi Rama. I, I think I can't work out the name. It changes so often. Yeah, no, it's, um, I think I have, I think he's probably the only character where I've got his name consistently. I think it's Sephirama. Uh, Sephirama. Sephirama. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you think she also needs a diet of blood and semen like the Countess in uh, Vampire oh, De- Definitely. Do you know what? It's, oh, uh, you know, that's what this movie needs. Just like a bukkake on this woman. <laughs> that would just make it. Do you know what? That would be, that would be more entertaining. You see, we're, we're crossing into that porno uh, territory now. Exactly, exactly. To be fair, at no point is it actually explained that it is the same character. It's the same <laughs> actress. I'm assuming they're cutting costs by having <laughs> played by the same actress. But at any point, is it actually explicitly said that she is, in fact, the same character? It's not, but I actually found that out from Wikipedia. But yeah. I suppose it makes sense because, like, later on, it sort of insinuates that it, it is her, I feel, yeah. a little bit later, but not at this point. And she kind of changes her tune. She's like, don't go in there, don't go in there. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad to see you. <laughs> yeah, let's get, we'll uh, talk about that. I've got a problem with that. Yeah, we'll talk okay. about that when we get. <laughs> um, we're given uh, the opening credits from a photo shoot in New York accompanied by a ripoff of Fame by David Bowie. And it, it's not a subtle ripoff either. Our theme at Fame, Gary asked me a question whilst we were watching. Is, that, is this after Fame? I thought you meant fame. I'm did, gonna did you think it sounded like that? No. <laughs> but I thought the New York scene, because I, I thought it was given the opening of uh, The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> that suddenly I see when all the models are eating almonds and they're going about town looking fashionable. Looking this is like clearly inspiration for that. Absolutely. And uh, I'll die on that hill. This is definitely inspiration for The Devil Wears Prada scene. But when Gary asked me about fame, I thought you meant like Irene Cara. I no, meant like the film. <laughs> yeah, I think I think like Gary messaged me, go, oh, yeah, yeah, we we started watching it, and uh, you know, it's it's like from fame, and I was just like, I was like, like, I was like, I was like, I was trying to put the two together, it's like maybe I did something. I don't. It's like they're not dancing on taxis. I don't get it. <laughs> the other, the other fame. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, it, it definitely sounds like they wanted that song, 
but they just couldn't get the rights. So they're like, okay, we'll do an instrumental version and just change a few chords around here and there and no one will notice. That's what I do in my band. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, do you know what this scene could have done with what? them dancing in Studio Fifty Four? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, would, I would love that. That would be good. Uh, a photographer and a group of American models travel to Egypt for a fashion shoot. Their manager calls Egypt and has a conversation so fucking loud to the point you can hear it in the sky whilst the plane's flying. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Egypt. <laughs> We're sending our best models your way now. <laughs> no, I'm on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Stock footage of the plane, amazing. Um, <laughs> it, did you notice? Did you check out when they when they went, went to show that they're in New York? They're doing obviously the classic, lots of fashionable people walking yeah. around. Did anyone clock that woman with a massive white cowboy hat? It was like, no. <laughs> yeah. And it was like you know, I know big cowboy hats. You know, it's the late seventies, early eighties, and things. But it was fucking huge, and I was just, I was just, I was just like, I, I was obsessed with it for a bit. I just went back, and thought, is it really that big? Wind back, I was like, yeah, 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 it's really that big. I hope she got a decent payday for carrying the weight of that hat. On <laughs> She's like, oh, you know what? I'm an extra, but I'm gonna make these few seconds count. <laughs> the higher the cowboy hat, the closer to God. <laughs> um, the models. Um... Yeah, so they're on the plane and and so on. Then when they get there, Melinda is clipping her toenails and uh, gets told off by uh, Jenny. She's painting her toenails. Oh, is she? I was just clipping them. Oh, I'm going to throw up if she was clipping them. That ruins my little funny thing for the rating at the end. Oh, bless her. (laughs) She was painting them. Well, you're going to have to pretend she was clipping them now. Okay. To make my joke work. You can clip this uh, in your edit. Well, you can. I like the thing is the fact that she's painting her toenails in a jeep, in a desert. That's a hell of a thing to do. I can't even imagine being able to be that, you know, that precise. Hard being a woman. There's yeah. expectations. There I've, is. A I've seen a woman driving down the street brushing her hair before. Like literally, she had probably about forty inches of hair, and she's. Was that the day you witnessed the car crash? Going for it wasn't. No. Forty inches of hair. Was she about to climb out of someone's TV? Yes, yeah, she was. <laughs> she she had really long hair and she was brushing it, and that car was going forward. <laughs> you dumb bitch. Jesus, but... <laughs> walk and talk at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Melinda is painting her toenails. She gets told off uh, by Jenny for not paying attention to the pyramids. Um, Melinda says, "I can't stand it when my toenails are chipped." And Jenny says, oh, for heaven's sake, Melinda, you're missing the great pyramids of Cheops. It's a once in a lifetime and you're worried about your stupid toenails. Whoa, hang on a minute. Why are the toenails stupid? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm confused is why are you giving them a Downton Abbey accent? Just <laughs> not... Oh, I can't stand it when my toenails are chipped. I only do, I only do super British or Mae West. You do no Mae West time. or Princess Diana. <laughs> There were three of us in this <laughs> Jenny points out that no one is looking at her feet right now, but Melinda tells her you never know. Well, the joke going... because in 2023, I'm looking directly at her feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, the score is now way ahead of its time and starts to sound like it's going for Jurassic Park. I missed that. Oh my it's... god. 
John Williams' biggest inspiration, apparently. He's giving John Williams the house down boots. Uh, on the way to the tomb, one of the one of their tires gets punctured, and the group has to stop to replace it. And uh, one of the models, Lisa, asks director Gary to look at the other side of a dune. Now, let me tell you now, Gary representation in this film isn't great. We're not we're not all like this. Well, what happens is Queen June. She, despite being a beautiful model, was the first to fix the tire. Yeah. yeah I- yeah, can I do that? Was amazing. I love mm-hmm. that. She goes out, she does the stereotypical movie trope of kicking a tire, you know, because you have to. And then out of nowhere, she's like a Formula One pit stop worker. And she, she practically is, she's undoing the wheel, berates Gary, who, to be fair, you know, no offense to you as a guy. No, he deserved it. Relatable <laughs> content. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, he's just sitting there having a cigarette. And But no, June's all over it, fucking changing that wheel like it's nothing. Good yeah, honor. Absolute queen. Absolutely good honor. And she berates him. You know, Gary sat on his ass over there. Right. Yeah. Fuck Gary. <laughs> like I said, we're not all like Gary in this film. Oh, no, no. <laughs> poor representation for Gary's. Like in this next scene, I wouldn't have st- sat there laughing at what was happening, maybe a little bit, but not for as long as he did. Like they race to the bottom of the other side, and uh, Lisa falls over. <laughs> And he's just there constantly laughing at her falling down. The hill. Do you know why? Because it takes her 10 minutes to get to the fucking bottom. It's that dun 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 dun, dun you know, when they're flying through space. Could someone do that for me, please? Uh, this is what sold it to me. This scene in the trailer when you sent it, Zana, is I was like, oh my god, okay, a model falling down a hill. This is definitely. Well, it looked like Gary had kind of, I don't know, like rug pushed her over. <laughs> And that's what was so hard. He was like, he'd had a cigarette. The junior wasn't even that high. He was massively out of breath. So he's completely out of shape. And then just the race to the bottom. I know what I'll do. I'll rugby tackle your legs. So you fall for fucking miles <laughs> down the sound dune and laughing at her. Cool. She breaks her legs. Are you near a hospital? No, your fucking car's broken down. <laughs> <laughs> but she doesn't break anything. Instead, uh, she discovers one of the grave robbers' severed heads lying on the sand. I love that head because the first shot totally just looks like they've just buried someone from the neck down. I love that, <laughs> yes. And she's, Lisa's absolutely going for it. Again, another actor in this film who thought an Oscar was coming her way. She was just screaming and screaming and screaming and she, yeah, she really thought this is a moment. I like Lisa though because she does get over it quite quickly. Yeah. She, she gets a lot. She gets very hysterical, mm-hmm. but she's like, you know, what? I'm going to give this five minutes of my time <laughs> and then I'm going to get over it because it's not going to help anyone. So she's absolutely hysterical for five minutes and then never mentions the severed hair again. No. And she does it that- later as well. She does. She's, she's the queen of getting over things. It's like she just sort of gets all this like, ah, gets it all out. She's like, I'm done now. Okay. Yeah. She doesn't let it linger. She literally just, and you know, maybe it's a little much at times, but if if it sort of helps her to deal with the issue, <laughs> then yeah, go for it. You faint, girl, and then get over it five minutes yeah. later. You know, save everyone time. We've only got a certain amount of minutes on this planet. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Her time management skills are so good. Yeah. So good. 
five minutes of screaming. I can pencil that one in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a second later. Uh, the rest of the group takes them back to their location. And Rick, is now he's decided he wants to be a scene stealer. And he's rocking that camp necktie and vest combination. And uh, him and his group return to the tomb and explore his burial chamber. Uh, though Rick's henchmen are disappointed that there's no gold. Well, you can't always get what you want, can you? It was. Did you, did you notice the um, on the tomb? They actually had it in the initial scene. They've got these like they've got the Egyptian drawings, but for some reason, and I don't know if this is just me or if this speaks volumes for me. I don't. I don't know. I'm not going down that route. But <laughs> it looks like the, the massive drawings. They've all got like the Egyptian figures, but they've all got like kind of 15 inch shovel like penises coming out of like. <laughs> like why and i was thinking you know it's already shown up twice and i was thinking about this probably way too much but i was like why have they got shovel penises were they flat was that just a, a thing that happened in egypt at that time i don't, I don't know i mean that's the real treasure that you want to discover in uh, in egypt yeah. <laughs> everyone's like yeah but i'm gonna draw myself with a massive shovel like cock though <laughs> i do feel like a lot of these ancient cultures and sort of religious artifacts and the Bible uh, as well, a lot of these sort of historical things are much racier than we're ever let on. They're, they're much more violent and sexual yeah. than obviously school taught us. And then, so if you don't, if all you know about sort of, and me you know all i really know about egyptian culture is the books i read when i was younger horrible histories and at school yeah i mean no one was talking to me about large shovel like penises on the hieroglyphics you know this needs to be a conversation which is had at every school realistically i believe so (laughs) (laughs) i i yeah they spent an unrealistic amount of time in primary school teaching us about ancient egypt um and I can't remember this being mentioned at all. No. <laughs> that you failed our education. Yeah. It's, failed us. It's why it's so important to do your own research outside of school. Because <laughs> the real juicy bits are outside. <laughs> and, I, and I genuinely mean that. <laughs> like, seriously. And that, everyone, was a lesson on Egyptian cocks. Now, moving yes. on to uh, Ahmed Saiki, a local businessman who arrives to check on his investments. Uh, and uh, after Rick's assurance, he leaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he pops out of a wall as well. I love that. It's like, oh, I'm investing this. Uh, the next morning, Rick attempts to chisel a passage into the chamber. But Tarek and Karib detonate its entrance with more dynamite because, I mean, why chisel when there's dynamite? The choice of archaeologists all around the world. <laughs> Ancient fragile artifacts, I've got just the tool. <laughs> um, even though they were disappointed again by the chamber's lack of gold, they did find some drawings of big cocks in there, so they were happy with that. <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, open Sepharama's sarcophagus. Let's just call him that. That's what they seem to call him. Some sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. struggling on at the moment. Two two big words for uh, Sunday morning. Good afternoon. 
uh, any time of the day. Don't give away. This is live. As you listen, <laughs> we are live in your ears. Totally. Uh, to look for more treasures. A mouse jumps uh, onto Carib's back and frightens him. But let's be honest, a mouse uh, is thrown onto Carib's back. Yes. <laughs> oh my, you see it come out of shot as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think a mouse has ever jumped that high. Ever. <laughs> it's the Michael Jordan of the rodent family. <laughs> And then he starts shouting about the curse, the curse. So he knew about this curse. Yeah. And he knew he should have minded his own business. They all should. They all did, actually. The curse. The grand tradition of horror films. No one knows <laughs> when to mind their own business. Um, can I just say something? Yeah. How fucking boring was the last how many minutes of this film <laughs> that we just discussed? <laughs> I literally have in my notes, I don't care about these men. Where are the modelling montages? Thank yeah. you. I could not give two shits about I, I, this crap. I'm not going to lie, I actually have like a large chunk of this actually missing from my notes because <laughs> I was clearly on the same thought process of like, I don't care about these guys. It's like, I don't care. I've seen the trailer. I know you're going to get the gold. The gold's going to appear at somehow <laughs> and you're going to awaken this mummy. We all know it's going to happen. Get to the fucking point. <laughs> Where are I don't you? care about this mouse. Uh, well, lucky for you, after settling near a riverbank village for the night, the American Models Group moves on the next morning to shoot photos near the tomb to the sound of a song about Mr. Boogeyman putting on his dancing shoes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Sorry. I couldn't find a song anywhere, and I'm very disappointed. Don't stop <laughs> Mr. Boogeyman. <laughs> Gary is an absolute slave to that. Not you personally. Gary <laughs> <laughs> he's an absolute slave to the rhythm and I just love how that when they're doing a photo shoot which for some reason he's in like a pristine white suit in the middle of a desert uh-huh. <laughs> own it dude um, but it's like <laughs> he's just rocking there, he's trying to take photos he's just dancing away and you can see the photographer just gradually getting more and more pissed off like dude this is like 1981, the cameras aren't that good just fucking space <laughs> <laughs> Um, what do we think to the photo shoots? I personally loved how camp and tacky they were. I mean, mm. the best kind of photo shoots. I loved that they were trying to go for some sort of James Bond thing with his tux. Um, and, and they were dressed like Bond girls. It, I just... it... Yeah, sorry, Ali. Uh, sorry, Xander. No, no, no. It's no. What it what made me laugh is that some of the sh- some of the shoots they did. Like they kind of felt like they were all dressed to be in Vegas because you know they've got that sort of like Egyptian casino yeah. kind of feel. But they're like, no, no, no. We're gonna go for the real thing. That's that's kind of how it felt felt for me. It's it's given the Trafford Centre. <laughs> A little northern joke for you there. Have you, yeah, have you ever been to the Trafford Centre, Xander? Uh, no, no, I've they actually they have Egypt in the Trafford Center. What the whole of Egypt? The whole of Egypt <laughs> into the Trafford Center. That's amazing. Yeah. They also That's... have New Orleans, uh, they have Chinatown, they have Hawaii. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a place of culture. So it begs the question why didn't they just go to the Trafford Center instead of like <laughs> Cairo? Or, or, you know. uh, I I, I don't understand the logic behind the choices for the photo shoots because what they're wearing is in no way inspired <laughs> by ancient Egyptian no. culture. 
<laughs> and part of me is glad from a cultural appropriation viewpoint. But in terms of logic, and um, I think I have a, a slight keen eye for fashion, you know, I read Vogue from time to time. Um, it kind of makes no sense because it does look like a tacky James Bond theme. Yeah, I got that's what I got from that. He's in a full tuxedo, white tuxedo. He must be sweating. Oh God! In the middle Fusely. of these. But the the women are wearing quite loose, flowy dresses, yeah. like um, not like a, a full formal gown. The the like dresses you would wear in in summer as when you go into the traffic centre. <laughs> Again, this could have all you know, there would have been no mummies, there would have been no members of the undead if they'd just gone to the traffic centre. Story. Uh, I love the way the scene ends when one of the models is like, from now on, it's going to be plain sailing all the way. Oh, and Carib yeah. shoots his gun at them straight up, <laughs> <laughs> thinking they're intruders. Uh, but Rick and Tariq stop him. <laughs> I know why. Why would you possibly choose violence? Hang on a second. There are people there. Look like a Bond film. They're probably evil. Let me just take a few <laughs> shots at them. Why? Because he thought it was James Bond and and the Bond girls. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, they've come to get us. <laughs> the villains are always cool. Pow, pow, pow. <laughs> you know, James Bond hates anyone who isn't British. Fuck, we yeah. are fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait. James Bond, yeah. one of the films was New Orleans, wasn't it? Yeah. And was there any in Egypt? I don't think Is so. the Trafford Centre based on James Bond Oh, yeah, Bond the Are you trying to score some free passes for the Trafford Centre? <laughs> because I want in. Yeah, I mean, maybe we might get some free tokens at the arcade if we keep plugging it like this. Well, yeah. I'll use it for the preview clip on social media. I feel like I need to explain. Just, just, and we'll stop with the Trafford <laughs> Centre reference. But I need to explain to maybe a, a American or, or non-British uh, listeners. The Trafford Centre is like a shopping mall in the north of uh, the UK. And it has different sections based on different parts of the world. <laughs> But it's very tacky, incredibly <laughs> tacky. It was in the 90s. 1998, it was. 1998. And it's like it hasn't changed much. So do not bring up bullets. <laughs> I haven't got time to talk about bullets. <laughs> Just the Trafford Centre. But it's it's very tacky and it hasn't really been updated since, which no. makes it high camp. And we love going there. But yeah, <laughs> it's a weird experience. Say the least. <laughs> Shout out to the traffic centre. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, so now that that's out of the way, uh, the models group <laughs> proceeds to the tomb against Rick and his henchmen's objections. I love uh, it. I yeah. love it because they've literally just been shot at by a member of that team seconds ago. <laughs> Guy clearly hates disco, takes a few shots at them, and then they're like, you know what, guys, we're all friends now, it's cool. Let's go in this ancient tomb that could easily be locked us in, <laughs> lock us in with a guy who has a gun. Sure, let's go in here. Good one. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and one of them's like, oh my god, gee guys, look, it's so terrific. And it's like, I mean, it's an ancient tomb. It's it's actually a little scary. I wouldn't go in there. Highly, highly inappropriate and disrespectful (laughs) for them to go in there and do a photo shoot. (laughs) They put their bags and photo equipment on the mummies. Did anyone know? Like this ancient mummy. Oh, just fuck it. Just throw your bags here. First, but no, 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 throw your bags and all this like photo and lighting equipment. Just, I'll just fucking throw it on that dead dude. It's all cool. <laughs> and also, as confusing as it was outside with the beautiful scenery of the pyramids and the, you know, the sand in the background, as confusing as that was in terms of the clothes they were wearing, even more so when they're inside the tomb. Like, how is this in any way? appropriate or make any sense that you're inside a tomb doing this like if it was an indiana jones shoe i'd get it (laughs) but it's not it's a white tuxedo and some flimsy summer dresses also surely if you're getting some photos of like a newly found mummy surely that would probably go for a better price than just like photos for a Grattan catalogue. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. You've just discovered a pharaoh who's been hidden for thousands of years. And instead of taking the photo, like, do you know what? I'm ready to get somebody. Let's have some women posing with spaghetti strap dresses right in front of it. This formal company is paying us good money to get these shots. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, and this also brings about the way that the mummy is brought back to life. Now, I know what you're thinking in mummy films, usually someone reads a curse out of a book and they come back from the dead. It's as simple as that. No, uh, in this film, he's slayed so hard by their poses and their dresses and that white tuxedo to the point it brings him back to life. Um, it's partially the truth, but also <laughs> the flashes on the cameras bring him back to life. Oh, that's what it, I just thought it was just bad timing. <laughs> no, it is literally the flashes on the camera. It's the spotlights, isn't it? So they have yeah. to use spot because obviously there's no natural light inside. So they use the spotlights. And that's what starts to bring him to life. Yeah. But because this film's desperate to make the hour and a half mark, we get the. <laughs> start to and then they piss off and then they come back and then they piss off and then they come back again (laughs) so before he's actually awakened by these spotlights they've done how many fucking photo shoots in there it's hard to keep track i know yeah i'm so glad you said that because i couldn't it's like sometimes they would show up for a photo shoot for some bizarre reason someone's face is like covered with mud i don't know Uh. face mask but they just decided to pop on in the middle of a photo shoot in a tomb yeah, what but was that? I, I, I no idea what was that. It's like, is this part of the show? Are they kind of going a bit artistic with this one? I just, I, I couldn't follow. And the, one day they were like, oh, we've got like one more day to shoot. Next day, you know, it's like, oh, we've got 48 hours to get these photo shoots in. I'm like, <laughs> wait, you seem to have lost time. I feel like what they were good, because when they started painting their faces, I got really nervous. Yeah, so did I. I. I was like, okay, this is going to be really offensive. But it wasn't. It was almost as if they were doing a face mask. Yeah. And they were wearing nighties, like they were going to bed. 
Yeah. <laughs> just to say like, oh, I'm just gonna go sleep in my tomb. Yeah, <laughs> like a, a girls' girls' night in, watching <laughs> Dirty Dancing with face masks. Pyramid Sumba party. Nineties, <laughs> but Take with it. a corpse right in front of the. <laughs> <laughs> the best kind of slumber party. Selfie with a six thousand year old mummy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what mine and Xander's film like used to, used to be like. Do you know what? I 100% would watch that. That would make a great film. <laughs> Hashtag Girls Night In. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Rick snaps off the cable and one of the spotlights, and Jenny is asked to go and find a battery for the spotlights. But instead, she spills a bowl containing one of the Pharaoh's organs, infecting her hand and scaring her. I mean, I hate when that happens. That's what that was. I had no idea. First of all, you know, Rick's like cutting through with a knife, you know, <laughs> a wire that has enough electricity to, you know, keep all these professional lights up, which is, you know, I'm not sure about you, but that's a shit idea. You got to go. <laughs> um, but I had no idea what it was. Like, also, how the skeletons of those those people who died from, like, being gassed, they're nowhere to be seen in this tomb anymore. But apparently, the organs have lasted six thousand years, perfectly intact. I also don't understand why the mummy was sort of leaking sulfuric acid. Like, no one noticed this like burning smell. <laughs> <laughs> and I also don't understand why Jenny's hand becomes infected with something, and it's just like, yeah, okay, just put a bandage on it, yeah. and she can't put makeup on. Anymore because she's right-handed, and that's it. Her hand doesn't go wild. Her hand doesn't. I was expecting this to turn into one of his soldiers, like one of his mummy soldiers. Yeah, like but, even yeah. dead too. Like yeah. I want the hand to go completely crazy and start killing. I want Jenny to start killing people with this infected hand. But it's just like she's burnt. I was like, okay. I like the fact that after this all happens and they get the, the hand done, like she goes to bed, she's like, ah, and she calms down and she wakes up. She's like, oh, my hand. And I think, I don't know if it is it June. Is it, I don't know who comes up. But someone's like, Shh, calm down. It's like your hand, my, my hand's mutilated. Like you're making too much. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is June. That is yeah. June. June oh, Italian to keep a calm, calm head. Yeah. Calm down. <laughs> your hand's melting off. It's not a big deal. She's <laughs> Um, yeah, so once once this is all sorted, the hot lights again accidentally revive uh, Sepharman's mummy and his followers, a band of fleshy and zombies. Um, <laughs> Tariq is left to return to his home in a city, whilst Jenny's hand infection persists and burns her, but not too much. But, yeah, just you know, <laughs> just making up time now, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Carrie... It's a bit like when we go on tangents about the Trafford <laughs> Centre. It's just to make up time on the podcast. Karib <laughs> uh, enters the tomb alone by himself, cuts open Pharaoh Sephirama's mummy and steals his crook and flail. That's yeah. what it was. I didn't know what the hell that was. I've got written down a couple of stripy gold candy canes or really small walking sticks for tiny people <laughs> and a golden insole for sneakers are found in the chest of a mummy. Which makes That's also wonder, accurate. Which makes me wonder is when they were cutting his heart out, at what point were they sticking these 
like tiny walking sticks. I forget what they're called. Um, in the chest, and why? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Chris, do you? Well, he's uh... holding on to them, isn't he? Yeah, but inside him. Are they inside him? Yeah. Yeah. Decomposition. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. But if yeah. decomposed a bit, it's gonna sort of sink in, isn't it? I just thought because the bandages were kind of wrapped around him, I thought they just like kind of just like took the heart out and just shoved these walking stick insole things right in the chest, in the chest cavity. I was like, mm, okay, okay, no, that's fair. Could, could be. Yeah, this film is a hundred percent historically accurate. With, with, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, a door to another chamber opens. Karib enters, but is. Uh, Incapacitated by the door and dragged away. We don't see what by. No. Um, the following day, Rick and Tariq enter the tomb as they search for Karib and are thrilled to find Sepharama's crook, flail, and other treasures. So he just, yeah, left them behind. He just gets, he gets, uh, Rick gets really excited. Like He does. He, has, he, he, he almost seems kind of out of character from how he's been up until this point. Um, but suddenly, like, oh, like kind of like that. I mean, that, that was a terrible impression. I don't even. No, know. that's a very accurate impression, actually. This is this is when he wakes up. This is uh, then he really decides to be a scene stealer, and it gets even more over the top later on as well. Yeah. The models and their team return for another photo shoot, but their continued usage of light keeps awakening the pharaoh. How <laughs> many <laughs> fucking <laughs> times? <laughs> Stop be burnt and dusted in two minutes. <laughs> Just literally shining light. Ah, oh, stop shining light in my eyes. I'm trying to sleep here. What the fuck's wrong with you? Do some natural light and it's fine. <laughs> Why, in terms of a film and my attention span, are we getting this shit? Third time they're doing this fucking photo shoot to wake up this fucking pharaoh. <laughs> I mean... The funny thing is, this, this tomb, in comparison to a lot of places in the rest of the film, is actually one of the brightest location places as well. Like, they actually don't need the flash. Yeah. No, it's the spotlights. Yeah, they but even that, there's, there's fine. No, they needed the spotlight. The spotlights are always on. And they've always got torches, which are forever lit. By yeah, yeah. yeah. I like how Jenny pisses off in the background. And everyone leaves, and then the pharaoh decides to sit up like the Undertaker. <laughs> I, th th that was one of those fever dream moments because it goes between night and then morning, and then they're kind of messing about with lights, and someone's got mud on their face, and then everything stops for absolutely no reason, like they just got bored. And, yeah, which I can totally <laughs> relate to with this film. And they just, and then the mummy's like, "Hello." <laughs> Um, at a campfire at night, the group of models sing along to a shit song about the colour in someone's eyes matching a rainbow. Oh. <laughs> the That's team, weird, isn't it? The team um, finds the bodies of the uh, the two grave robbers whose heads were crushed, oh. and Rick arrives just as Lisa faints and catches her in his arm. <laughs> he picks her up and tells the team they should leave. Smooth. It was. I th honestly thought it was a horse and some guy. I didn't even know who the hell they were. I just thought it was like a <laughs> random dead horse. It was so dark you cannot see a damn thing. Yeah, this is where it's really, really dark now, and it is ridiculous. The face. Like, come on. 
the it's suspend disbelief. The the faceless guy though, the makeup on that wasn't actually that bad. I'll I'll give them that because when he's like like that and he shows up and his face is all kind of melty, I thought it looked alright, you know, for the time. Yeah, I like the practical effects in this film. They've got yeah. a, that sort of charm to them, that early eighties charm, and uh, yeah, some of the death scenes are really good. It's just not a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, I love how Lisa faints. She's caught in Rick's arms, carried to her bed, and then literally a few minutes oh. later, she's like, "No, I'm fine, guys. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll be fine. Thank you. I'm all right. I'm all right." <laughs> it was. There, did you hear their excuse as to what what done that to the uh, to the two people? No. It was a wild beast has done it. What oh, no. in the desert, <laughs> which is renowned for its like large con- con- I say, con- carnivorous wild beasts. No one's noticed him like just wandering around. No, no. Let's all go back to our campsite. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> Believable. Um. <laughs> The photographer, Bill, says he needs one more day to shoot and then they'll leave. I don't care if we found faceless people. We are finishing this James Bond photo shoot. <laughs> um, and in a bizarre series of events, Rick wakes up Lisa by putting his hand on her throat. Uh, oh, and then God. they start making out. <laughs> I know. It's like, I know, look, I know you, like, she's literally fainted. She's really freaked out. It's like, let me comfort you by strangling you while you sleep. <laughs> no, don't do that. But she she wakes up and they kiss and she seems to be into it in, in a yeah. way and sort of be like, oh, okay, where does this romance come from? <laughs> that necktie. Whereas, but then later on, and I'm going to bring it up now, Lisa and Bill are the ones <laughs> who are having sex in bed. Good for her. So what happened to Lisa and Rick? I, 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 don't, I don't know. Maybe it was just... Maybe, oh, it was dark. Both for choice, and well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of everything. I'm not here to shame anyone. If Lisa wants to, you know, have sex with anyone that she decides she wants to have sex with, yeah, but in mean, terms of me watching a film and trying to make <laughs> this film make sense in my head as I'm watching it. I'm fucking confused. Yeah, I'm confused. And also, at what point do you think, oh, Rick, your Lego hair is just so <laughs> polyester looking. Ugh. I mean, when you're in the middle of the desert and, you know, some of your other choices are Gary, then... <laughs> oh, God. You're going to take you're gonna take uh, Fred from Scooby-Doo, aren't you? <laughs> I'm afraid that something's put on your CV. How fucked Fred's from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, the high priestess goes into the tomb and finds the mummy gone. The mummy appears and kills her. Um, what exactly did she think was going to happen? <laughs> and why was she so happy when she spent so long telling people not to awaken him? Yeah. Like, oh my God, you're awake. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm your biggest fan. Oh my God. I'm so happy. And then she gets strangled. She's like, what did you think was good? Exactly what you warned people was going to happen. <laughs> Why would you go in there? Don't go in there. Don't yeah. go in there. Only I can go in there, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but at what point also was she going to mention that you can go in there as long as you don't use hot lights? Yeah. <laughs> don't you know, use hot lights. Don't do a photo shoot and you'll be all right. Because the, the mummy couldn't give two shits 
Until the spotlights were on. <laughs> to be honest, I don't feel like the mummy really gives much of a crap. You just see him, he's just walking around half the time. And I'm really wondering, is, is he really that bad? He's not, yeah. he's, not doing, he's not doing an awful lot. It's the, the kind of his hordes of undead that kind of seem to be doing the worst of it. He's just sort of just, just chilling, walking around, strangling that old woman. Well, I mean, everyone's just winding him up. Like they're, just, <laughs> yeah. they're driving him to this. <laughs> he wasn't a killer until he met all these people. <laughs> he wanted all these friends. It was her keeping them all away. He's fuming at her. He said, yeah. I've heard what you've been saying about me. Keep my name out your mouth. All right, <laughs> uh, well, at dawn, Sepharaman's army rises out of the sand. Nice bit of cinematography here. This is one of the nicer shots in the film. Yeah, Damn, we can actually dangerously see close to a beautiful shot with that sun. I know, and yeah. the horizon yeah. and this silhouette of the zombie appearing from the sand. I was like, "What film did they steal this from? <laughs> <laughs> Who um, sued them for this?" <laughs> the next day, Bill is still taking pictures of the site and says they need forty-eight more hours to shoot. Why? What more can you do with this photo shoot? What more can you do? You've done everything. I just kind of want to know who's paying for this because, <laughs> like, obviously the clothes they're wearing, the backdrop that they're doing, they've got a fair bit of money. They've shipped them all out to Egypt, but like, who is it? I, I, I get the feeling that it was like a clothing catalogue. No. Well, have you seen The Devil Wears Prada, Xander? Uh, not for a very long time. It reminds me of the scene where they uh, cut the Sedona shoot and it costs uh, them $100,000. Uh, it's kind yeah. of giving that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's the wackiest thing and they just cut it like, no. <laughs> yeah, imagine they get home. They all survive like and get home with all these photos and like, nah, we ain't fucking using this. What are you it's doing? Like, yeah. It's like a lot of people died. There were mummies. There were zombies. <laughs> I, I'm just saying there were... You know, I was strangled in my sleep. Man, <laughs> All these nineties in the desert. I don't think we're going to go florals <laughs> for spring. <laughs> One of the models gets lost in the tomb, and uh, Gary and Ahmed go to town Why for a only rest. Two rooms. <laughs> well, they go to town for a rest. Gary and Ahmed. And uh, another local named Omar gives Jenny and Gary a smoke. Jenny sees the mummy, gets hysterical and runs to Gary, but the mummy is gone when he looks. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get it. It's this when they're like, oh, nothing strange is going on here. (laughs) How are you still saying that at this point? I didn't understand who Hammond was. I didn't, he just, he just sort of rocks up and he's got the suit on, he's got no shirt underneath it, he's got a gold medallion, he's, you know, fighting for his last few days of disco. And, and they're like, oh yeah, do you know where I can get a smoke? And they, they go up into town, don't they? And it's like a shisha bar or something? Yeah. Yeah, where did they get this contact from? Like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what, what, what he has to do with anything to do with the film. Like, I thought, oh, maybe it's that guy who's, you know, invested in this sort of, like, getting this treasure. No, I don't think you ever see him ever again. No, no, mm. I think that's it. I think that's the only scene. 
It's definitely one of those films where I wish people would use each other's names more. Yeah. Because I've been solely reliant, apart from June, um, I've been solely reliant on the internet to tell me people's names and their relationships to each other. And that is a mark of a bad film, because in 1982, you can't do that. Imagine coming out of the cinema having watched Dawn of the Mummy and being like, what the fuck was that about? Who was who was uh, trying to have a conversation about it and not knowing anyone's name at all? That was that was my that was my problem as well. I'm certain, I'm certain the guy who took shots at the models as well, they called him Gary. I don't know if it was by mistake. So I had Gary one and Gary two written in my long <laughs> of longest notes and I was just like oh this is really confusing there's way too many Gary's and I found out no no I was absolutely wrong <laughs> there's way too many Gary's what do you think yeah, of that well I mean you're not wrong it's pre-1992 <laughs> though isn't it people were called Gary back then <laughs> is, did you kill them all off like the Highlander can there be yeah, any I'm, I am the final Gary well apparently the, <laughs> there is no Gary's no I think someone's actually named someone Gary um, yes, I think that's cancelled now. I know we're, a lot of dogs. We're back to Gary. Gary. I see online a lot of dogs called Gary. Really? It's a, I think it's a cute name for a dog. Carrie Fisher's dog was called Gary. Yeah, yeah. I think Gary's a, a cute name for a dog. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just, I was quiet. You know what? I'm not touching that with a 10 foot large pole. <laughs> um, well, the mummy gives Tariq a meat cleaver to the head and kills him. Mm. Very oh, yeah, um, Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. It looked all right. It looked it looked all right. It, 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 obviously, it's taken directly from Dawn of the Dead, um, but not as fancy. Well, no, they haven't got. Not everyone can be Tom Savini, can they? What I don't get is that Tarek Tarek was in the initial. He went with Rick, right, with some other dude, and they. So he's basically got a side hustle as a butcher. Um, I didn't quite understand it. He's like, I know sometimes I'll sell me, sometimes I go tomb raiding. I, I just I, that really threw me. Like, I was like, what's this dude doing as a butcher? Is like, oh, that is that what he normally does? I just well, I'm assuming that the tomb raiding is highly illegal, so I suppose he has to have a legitimate job to pay the bills. Oh, oh, yeah, I suppose, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. I thought being the butcher would be the side hustle. Yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think he's putting uh, Tomb Raider on his uh, tax return. <laughs> yeah, here's my card, Tomb Raider. I've got <laughs> great sausages. Uh, any white women can do that. <laughs> With uh, triangle boobs. <laughs> Uh, two models, uh, June and Melinda, take a swim at the nearby oasis where Lisa, uh, whilst Lisa, is getting herself some dick from Bill. <laughs> Making the rounds. Good, on, yeah. good, good for you, girly. Get it. And... Get dick. <laughs> so I think this is the, the right time to point out that as the film was filmed in Egypt, nudity of any sort was completely off the cards you're not allowed so all the violence yes (laughs) um but none of the nudity so we we get a a, not even a sex scene i mean it's two people in bed having a kiss really (laughs) and then 
I'm I'm assuming if this was an American production, we'd have a nice little skinny dip yeah. in the Oasis. Um, but that, that's what it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, and I think again, the it's shot so darkly and so poorly that at times I did think I was like, oh no, she is, she's not wearing anything, and it's yeah. like, oh no, it's just really bad lighting. No, what she's wearing is a Bond-style bikini. Yeah, and uh, the way she sort of comes out the water. So, um, but what she changes into, um, she changes into an orange boiler seat. Yeah, it looks like she's about to get to prison. Like, what is that all about? It was really weird because the, the other girl um, just gets out. She just sort of puts a towel around her. But no, no, no. This this woman who's called Melinda, which I had to uh, had to Wikipedia. No, she's brought along with her an orange boiler suit. She's like, what can I say? I was really into Slipknot in the early 2000s. <laughs> Any true supermodel can slay in an orange boiler suit. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. the true test. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, uh, yeah, she takes a walk and uh, she runs into the mummy and one of his soldiers, where they kill her by biting and tearing out her throat. <gasps> yeah, this I'd... is very Lucio Fulci. Yeah. It's it's always about the throats in this. There's a lot of like you get, the woman gets strangled in a sleep, the Xena gets strangled. There's a, and there's a lot of stuff with throats going on in this film. I've noticed that was sort of like a reoccurring theme. I thought. Yeah, someone uh, on the uh, crew definitely had a uh, throat fetish. Yeah. Imagine what Freud would make of it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Google that. <laughs> I'm not um, here to shame. <laughs> no, no, you, you carry on uh, tearing out your throats. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the next day, Rick finds Tariq dead, and this is when he gives the best reaction possible. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like he sounds like he's trying to throw up. Then he's just yelling. He drives straight to the tomb and calls for the god of the sun. Um, oh, is it Sammy Hammer? Yeah. What? What I love is about, I've wrote Fred. It's not Fred, it's Rick. I, I, I just kept <laughs> changing their names. But I love the fact when he sees him, he's like, ah, and then run, <laughs> carry on screaming, ah, gets in his car, ah, and <laughs> off, ah. He's consistent, he's doing that thing where he's condensing all his like fear into five minutes. Yeah. And then, so then he completely changes character. And just goes nuts. And it, like, if you find your dead friend in a butcher's, wh- where are you going to go? I know, back to a tomb. <laughs> it kind of feels like he didn't realise how much screen time he had left. And then they were like, okay, so we're leading up to your death now. Oh, fuck, really? Okay, I've got to make the most of this whilst I can. I've, yeah. I've got to... And then, yeah, just completely went for it. He's like, this is going to be my Oscar scene. I'm going to show it at the ceremony. It's <laughs> <laughs> a wall slides back and he finds the treasure he screams in delight and the mummy returns and kills him oh but have you seen what the treasure looks like it looks like sort of like cheap plastic pottery with <laughs> spray paint all over it I was just like oh that's amazing <laughs> I, I, he screams in delight I think he's a little um, turned on by it all. I think he honest. is. It's, it's a little inappropriate at times. <laughs> he has completely lost the point in this because he's got a hat, and then he's like kind of 
for no, I don't understand why he's calling out for this Sammy Hammer. Like, I, I couldn't make the connection at all with that. And, um, and then as you do, he's like, ah, I found all this treasure. And it's literally just like a plant pot that's been spray painted cheap gold. I, I don't think it's explained very well. No, of course but not. it does seem to be. He, I'm assuming that a statue is dedicated to to the god, and it's the god of the sun. Um, and I feel like it's the sun rises in the east, so he goes to the east of the tomb, and that's where he's able to open up. Oh, I, I may have just made that up on the spot, but it I sounds legit, doesn't it? Take it at this point. With the <laughs> any, any theories I'm taking as gospel. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it sounds right. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll call it out my ass, but it sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bill, Bill and Gary go to town to see Omar where he's celebrating his wedding. Uh, Gary gives Omar his western cowboy hat. And Omar gives Gary his golden head covering. Um, um, is that normal? Talk is that about a... an uneven swap. <laughs> I don't understand why he's dressed like a cowboy either, because it just seems really kind of American. off. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like his kind. He's, he hasn't really dressed sort of like in a cowboy kind of way, but now all of a sudden he's got the, hat, he's got the, the shirt. He's, I just, I don't know. It just, it just seems really out of place. It's very much kind of how Italian horror, and this very much feels like an Italian horror film, the kind of Italian horror way of looking at America and American people. (laughs) They'd wear a cowboy hat, wouldn't they? Yeah, definitely. They'd definitely wear a cowboy hat any given occasion. Every day, going to a breast, no problem, cowboy hat. But imagine giving someone a gold head covering, beautiful gold head covering, and getting a cowboy hat in, in return. It's a bit like, oh, oh, really? Well, the thing is, is he's clearly like, it's his wedding night, right? So he's getting married that night, is it? Yeah, yeah. So he's obviously gone, oh, yeah, this is what I'm going to wear. I mean, granted, he's working on his wedding night, um, which is, you know... Uh, I'm not going there, but he's, you know, he's got the, he's got this, he's got this clothes. He's going, no, 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 screw my hat. Have this on my wedding night. I don't know. I wouldn't have been so generous, even if it was disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. Um, Back at the camp, Lisa looks around the tomb. Bill finds the gold in the tomb and calls out. And suddenly Rick's severed head falls from the ceiling and lands in Bill's arms. That was not Rick's face. (laughs) Oh my god! I, how did I miss this? I haven't even got this. I think I think I was just sort of like blanked out a little bit. <laughs> did you give it? Did you tap out by this point? I, I think <laughs> my brain tapped out completely. I it's such it. a shame because this is actually where the film starts to get half decent. <laughs> oh. The ending. I kind of tapped out as well. And, yeah. and, then, and then I sort of like. No, I actually know this is getting all right. I like to be honest. I was all about the procession that comes in later, the wedding procession. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he flees back to the camp, running from the mummy soldiers. Jenny loses one of her contact lenses just before the soldiers arrive at the camp, and she's like, "Oh darn, my contact! I need this like a hole in the head." Yeah. <laughs> she starts feeling around in the sand. What are you going to do? Find this sandy contact? I'll just put that back in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> 
so she's Velma. She's Velma, yeah. Um, Bill shoots the mummy with a gun, but to no effect. The mummy strangles Bill and pulls out his insides as the mm. models run and scream. Um, can somebody turn on the lights at this point? <laughs> like, seriously, turn on the lights. I can't see. Like, it sounds a lot cooler than it appears on screen. Like, yeah, because I didn't realize it even happened. Yeah, it's like Jenny, poor Jenny gets torn apart and eaten by the mummy soldiers. Um, whilst the two remaining models flee in the jeep, and again, I didn't really see that happening. <laughs> I, I had to. I only realised that on the second time because I've watched this twice now, and I had to watch it the second time because I had no idea. I wondered where Jenny had gone because people just sort of come in and out of scenes. They just yeah, and then they're not. Yeah, uh, I mean, thankfully, the rest of the film after this point is uh, a lot brighter. <laughs> Wait, so you watched this film twice? Yeah. <laughs> I feel I like watched. we owe you some money or something. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. The first time I watched it, I was drinking and I was just like, you know what, I'll, I'm going to have to watch this again tomorrow. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I'm missing most of it by making notes, so I had to watch it a second time. <laughs> um, back at the wedding celebration in town, uh, there's dancing in the streets <sighs> and the mummy's soldiers are seen eating Omar's bride in a tent. I, uh, to be honest, the fact that ha- no one's noticed the bride at all, like the, you've got the whole thing going on, you've clearly got the drunk mother of the bride there, yeah. who's just dancing in front of the the bride, kind of looks like she's trying to seduce her, I don't know, do, do your thing, but it was, I, I love that, I love the fact that it doesn't matter what part of the world you go to, there's always a drunk relative who just yeah. seems to be embarrassing everyone. I love the um, the belly dancer, yeah. Um, and I I love the way that um, the camera zooms in on her cleavage mm. because it's like, oh, we're not allowed any nudity, <laughs> but we're gonna have this zoom in on her cleavage <laughs> as she's dancing. You, she's always in the background as well because they they pan around while the celebration's happening. You've got the fire breathing. You've got some dude like dancing around with a huge piece of material. But she's always in the scene. Like we can't have nudity, but we're going to have these tits in here for as long as humanly possible. I really want to know what she's doing now. <laughs> I'm really connected to her as a person. I liked these scenes as well. I I enjoyed seeing the wedding celebrations, and and I I hope they're sort of true to life as well. Mm. I think it it sort of identifies maybe my biggest bugbear with the film is that this is a mummy film, yeah. And we've seen loads of them, and we've seen a lot of them from a Western perspective, but this had an Egyptian director and was filmed in Egypt, and I kind of wish we would have seen more of Egypt yeah. and Egyptian culture and seeing this story, which in many ways has been depicted in sometimes a racist way, mm-hmm. seeing it from the perspective of the Egyptian culture mm-hmm. and uh, from Egypt. I think the Italian production may have, you know, put a, a halt to that. But it is a bit of a bugbear of mine because I I would have liked to have seen that unique perspective on the mummy story because essentially they're just zombies. Yeah, it's really. Yeah. But to be honest, I think the majority of the screen time it felt like in the kills, especially, were were the zombies. Um, apart from a few strangulations, it was. 
I, I like the fact that we got to see um, that sort of celebration and that side of things, see it taking place in a scene that you wouldn't normally see in a Western like zombie film. I thought that was cool. Um, but I mean, that's kind of one of its only redeeming factors about this film. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I love the the big tambourines. What was the best thing about the film? Everyone had massive tambourines in the celebration. <laughs> like 10 times the size of a normal tambourine. Well, at this point, climatic carnage ensues as everyone runs. The mummy soldiers grab and bite and kill many people in the street. The mummy's just standing around, just admiring the carnage. Um, I hate, hate, hate in horror films where people run around completely aimlessly <laughs> during things like this. It's like, choose a direction and run in that direction. Just go. Yeah. So why are you running and then turning, running back and then turning and then running <laughs> diagonal and then running? Oh, stop. Just pick a direction and go for it. Just Stick get quick. the fuck out of there. <laughs> Did you see Gary? We, and he's still in his cowboy outfit, and he's like Jean Claude Van Damme in Roundhouse kicking zombies. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> and the groom's got one of those those guns with unlimited rounds and the rifle. You know, he's just he's just like shooting away, <laughs> endless reload. I knew this cowboy hat would come in useful. I uh, the two surviving models, Lisa and June, arrive and throw sticks of dynamite at the mummy with very little effect, but it's really cool. <laughs> it's, it's it is it's high camp, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but with a bit of help from Omar, mo- the models go into a shack, uh, spread gasoline, light a fuse in a box of dynamite, and blow up the shed with the mummy in it. Lisa, June, and Omar celebrate when Gary arrives and reunites with them, and they all walk away. But in the final oh. shot, the mummy's hand rises from the rubble. <gasps> That's the one of the mummy. Oh, I had to watch that twice. I will, yeah. I... <laughs> Could have done with more models throwing dynamite. I'll give it that. <laughs> it, I, I, I kind of, what I re- loved is the fact that the dynamite which you see in there is always in the same box. It's always got that painted red skull on. But I love the fact that where, because I don't know where they've gone, where they go in to find all this dynamite, but someone's gone, yeah, let's just put that dynamite right next to a bottle of gasoline. <laughs> I can't see anything <laughs> bad happening. They get matches, probably lying next to all this stuff. And to be honest, the explosion is quite impressive, but I can't tell if it's stock footage or not. I don't know what they've just done. Yeah. Stock footage of something burning. So it was kind of like, uh, it definitely didn't feel like it was there on the same scene. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was taken from another film from around this time. I wouldn't yeah. put it past the filmmakers. Yeah. But... I'm going to slightly defend this film a little. Because oh. I I was honestly very entertained throughout. I just I... couldn't get the idea out of my head of the fact that this mummy is being brought back to life by spotlights and camera flashes. And it's just models versus mummies. And that just... I, I've got it's a, it's one of those films which I'll give it this. It's a great idea, but it's just been executed badly. 
Um, but I still, I to say, I wouldn't say that I didn't watch this. I wasn't entertained. I actually was entertained with this to the point of where I was, I was laughing just at how bad it was. And you know, that probably wasn't the desired, you know, thing. But you know, I had a good time watching it, so I can't, I can't fault it for that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's shit. Like, let's make no mistakes. It's not a good film. Um, yeah. but that's you know, that's what we enjoy. Part of the charm. That's that's why that's why I chose it. <laughs> I knew what I was getting myself into. <laughs> like, I can't really complain about. It. I I think for me, there's there's a lots of ups and downs. So there's scenes that are entertaining, but then some scenes that are dull as dishwater. Like, really, just. Yeah. boring as hell and I think if it had been condensed down to about an hour I think you'd have a pretty decent film there <laughs> but there's too much filler for me there is and I, I never understood that why like those songs they, they had like two songs the first time you hear I think it's Gary playing guitar yeah uh, it's so out of tune that it's, <laughs> oh my god man just tune your guitar in what's wrong with you and that song that he comes up with afterwards is just painful. So like, that's two minutes I'm never getting back of my life. My band member said the exact same thing. I know, I was going to say. <laughs> did you watch his uh, lockdown live streams too? <laughs> I did, and they were very good. Uh, thank, thank you. Uh, shall we give some awards out? Yes. <laughs> the biggest queen. I've got to give it to Lisa for that performance while she was falling down a hill. <laughs> Give it <God's> everything. <laughs> Although that wasn't necessary, I was still pissed off with Gary. The fact he literally he was like, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll win this race against you. Let me just kind of rugby tackle your legs from underneath you. Take that fifty pound woman." <laughs> I went with June. Um, yeah, yeah I think June was the queen. She she can change a tire, she can serve a look, she can throw dynamites. Um yeah. I, I think Lisa and June are yeah, great June my choices. Yeah. And they also rode on horseback when everyone else was in the Jeep. I forgot to mention that. Uh, I, the, uh at the beginning, everyone turns up in a Jeep and they're the two that are on horseback. <laughs> so they yeah. can do everything. They, yeah. Film should have been about them. If the film was about the models, I would have been highly entertained. I don't think the whole story with Rick was really necessary. No, no. I, I no. think if they just stuck with one group, that would have made more sense. But considering, yeah. I think everybody that was involved in Rick's group was eventually killed. I think that's right. Um, yeah, it's like it's like that whole part of the story was just completely unnecessary. Yeah, no, I agree. Who's your biggest queen, Xander? I'm going to say June as well, because I was just so impressed with the fact that she literally jumps out of her Jeep and he just, like, kicks it. I'm like, oh, she's going to kick the tire. It's going to be one of those, oh, I can't do anything. No, no, no. She's got she's got the tools. She's, I don't know, pulled them out of her ass, and she's changing the wheels. She's all <laughs> over. And as you say, she was all over that. Wasn't it her idea with the dynamite as well? Yeah, yeah. Gasoline everywhere. She's like zero fucks given. She was all over it. Yeah, she was. Um, <laughs> biggest gasp. I give it to the mummy being brought back to life by the camera flashes during a, a model photo shoot because I mean, I genuinely gasped because that. I mean, 
you just expect a book to be read and it's going to be resurrected that way. I never saw that coming. There's a reason. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest gasp were the 90s. <laughs> um, I'm going to say the biggest gasp. I don't know why. I think I was just hammered when he first shows up i don't know what it was it was just about it was the suit without a shirt it was a medallion i could have expected it it's 1981 but i just think it was you know the afro and the whole the whole thing i just it just it seems really out of place they're in the middle of a desert at a dig site just yeah. up, you know living his best disco fever life i just I don't know that's what i'm gonna that his fashion choice was my, <laughs> my biggest gasp uh, best dialogue I have Oh for heaven's sake Melinda You're missing the great pyramids of Cheops It's a once in a lifetime And you're worried about your stupid toenails um, Same scene I went with I can't stand it when my toenails are chipped <laughs> Hang on it's, um, For me it would have to be the What's that smell? It burns. It's the smell of gold. Um, that, <laughs> I, w- I will probably be using that in my everyday today. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Someone farts. Oh, what's that smell? It's the smell, it's the smell of gold. <laughs> um, that's Cab. I have the photo shoots. I went with All the photo them. shoots. Anytime any modelling takes place, Camp. I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree with that. And uh, for our Nasty November special category, Nastiest Moment, I went with... Um, and it's a bit of a stretch in this one because it's not really... It falls into that category of films that Tories probably never watched all the way through and just put it on the video Nasties list because it's actually not that extreme. So I went with Melinda having her throat torn out. I agree. I, I went with that as well. I barely see anything. Even though I had sort of no sort of connection at all, it was the bride who could, uh, who was killed because I mean it was quite vicious. Like even though you see her for a few seconds beforehand, and she's lying on a table, and her guts have been torn out, and they they then cut back to it as well, probably because the scene cost a lot of money to actually put together. But um, like. I was, I don't know, it just seemed like, oh man, damn, because I, I was beginning to like that shopkeeper quite a bit, and I felt kind of sorry for him a little bit. His bride's just being devoured. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a bit like um, Blood Feast? It felt a bit like Blood Feast. A bit like Blood yeah. Feast. Uh, for ratings, I'd give it four sessions of painting your stupid toenails next to the Great Pyramids of Cheops out of ten. <laughs> I give it three chipped toenails out of ten. I will give it. I'll. I will give it three chipped toenails out of ten. <laughs> Most famous toenails on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and is it a masterpiece, trash to piece, trash, basic, or a camp or bunch of fun? I went with a trash to piece. I went with trash. I'm gonna go with a trash to piece because there are gonna be there's gonna be certain parts in this that I'm a hundred percent gonna remember, and I, and I do feel like even though I rip these films apart, I do absolutely enjoy it, and I wa- I could have watched it twice. It w- wasn't painful watching a second time. Can um, you just like cut it together? Can you yeah, do an just, edit for yeah. me, and I'll watch it again. <laughs> just get rid of the girth. <laughs> 
it's available on DVD and video on demand. And if you enjoyed this, I recommend checking out, obviously, Zombie Flesh Eaters. Yeah, I completely agree. Zombie Flesh Eaters. If yeah. you enjoyed any part of this film, because it's a direct <laughs> rip-off of Zombie Flesh Eaters. And, uh, yeah, if uh, you've seen this film... <laughs> by chance I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> if you have anything to say about it we're Horror Court Trash over on Facebook and Instagram Horror Court Trash on Twitter uh, we're on TikTok as well they're like Gaz92 on Letterboxd Gaz2205 on Instagram and GazCruise92 on Twitter I'm Chris Barker 823 on Instagram and Letterboxd and we're Gasp Horror Fest across all social media as well if you have any films better than Dawn and the Mummy please submit them to us for our festival and uh, give us a rate review and subscribe on iTunes. I can follow on everything else. Xander, thank you for joining us again. Where can we find you? Where can we find your art? Where can we find Video X? Uh, you can find my art on Instagram under Xanderphobic Arts. And on Video X, we're now streaming. So all the Spotify, Amazon Music, that kind of thing. It's Video X, all one word. Amazing. Thank you for joining us again and bringing another trash the peace to our attention well thank you very much for having me on today i've loved it uh next week it's kind of, it feels kind of funny saying this now after what we've just discussed um next week we're discussing two of the best horror films ever made <laughs> <laughs> next <Bow>. week <laughs> on tuesday we're being joined by the unbanned and rewired horror podcast to discuss night of the living dead and on Friday, we will be discussing, for this month's original versus remake, The Thing. <laughs> um, so, there, so there you go, Xander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's going to make up for me what did. There you go. You're treating me after watching this horrible film. <laughs> It was my it was my choice. It was my choice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will be back same time, same place next week. Bye. Bye.